0: The following is an iHeartRadio podcast. The Soundtrack Show will begin in 5, 4, 3. And now, part 3 of Home Alone. This is the Soundtrack Show. Welcome back to The Soundtrack Show. I'm your host, David W. Collins, and this episode is part three of our look and listen to the music of Home Alone, a movie from 1990 by 20th Century Fox, directed by Chris Columbus, written by John Hughes, with a film score by John Williams. We're going to pick up right where we left off with Home Alone. If you recall, Kevin had scared away the burglars, Harry and Marv, by pretending that there was a Christmas party full of adults going on in the McAllister house. This whole sequence was set to Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Rockin around the Christmas Tree at the Christmas Party hop. In the last episode, I almost reflexively called this a song score, but it's actually diegetic, or source music. The difference? Well... Diegetic music is actually music that the characters can hear. It's coming from inside their world, rather than just existing in the audience's world, like a film score or a song score does. Let's listen to this party scene again, and we'll pay attention for the perspective shifts that the mixers created in order to give the sense that Kevin is blasting the music from inside the house. In this first shot from the outside, from the burglar's perspective, we hear the song slightly muffled, and you can hear some slapping reverb with outdoorish, early reflections, we call them, to give the sense of what a loud stereo inside the house would sound like if you were outside. Did they come back? Iris. Now, we cut into the house, and it's much louder. So, music must be coming from inside the house. We pick up these signals. Kevin is controlling the mannequins like marionettes and is dancing to the beat, so obviously he's listening to the music. All of these clues combined tell us that this is indeed diegetic music, rather than song score. A great example of pure song score, on the other hand, would be Run Rudolph Run when the McAllister family is desperately running through the Chicago airport to make their plane. you know you're the mastermind. The music isn't treated, it doesn't sound like it's coming out of airport speakers or anything, but it's there to capture the emotion and reflect the energy in the story on screen, just like a film score would have in that same moment. Hold the play! it might be interesting to point that out and clear up what those words mean when I say them. Song score versus diegetic. And before we get back to the film score, it might be fun to point out some other diegetic music that is in Home Alone. John Williams was actually tasked with recording quite a bit of holiday music for this movie. And on the 25th anniversary soundtrack from La La Land Records, you can hear and read about multiple recordings that he made, including O Holy Night and Carol of the Bells for the church scene, as well as Silent Night and God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, both of which didn't make the cut. And he also recorded purely orchestral versions of a lot of other holiday favorites, including a medley of songs like Jingle Bells, O Come All Ye Faithful, The First Noel, Joy to the World, Deck the Halls, Hark the Herald, Angels Sing, and It Came Upon a Midnight Clear. Some of these, not all, but some of these were used in the film as diegetic music. Well, where, you might be asking? And why don't I remember these being in the movie? Ah, those are great questions. They were needed to fill out scenes inside the world, scenes at airports, scenes at grocery stores, etc. They're not fully featured, they're not up in front in the mix, but they're there to make the world feel more real. Oftentimes, when you're working in sound or music for film, you're doing things to keep the illusion going, and you wouldn't notice them necessarily unless they weren't there. Here are a few examples. When Kevin's mother, Kate, is trying to convince an older couple to sell her their plane tickets at the airport in Paris... We can hear Williams' recording of the first Noelle, just barely as ambient background. Williams even went out of his way to orchestrate it with a French flavor, using an accordion here and a drum kit with brushes almost imitating French-busking musicians. Airlines. Oh, oh, so we have the $500, the pocket translator, the two first-class seats, that's an upgrade from your coach. Is that a real Rolex? Do you think it is? No. But who can tell? I also have a, a ring. Oh, that is beautiful. Later, at the airport in Scranton, we hear Deck the Halls and some other tunes. And even later, when Kevin is grocery shopping, we can hear Hark the Herald Angels Sing playing as Muzak in the supermarket. So why have John Williams re-record all of these classic hits? Aren't there, like, a million recordings out there that could have been cut in? Yes, but my guess at an answer to why is this. The first reason is financial. While the publishing on most, if not all of these holiday tunes fall into public domain, meaning that they're old enough to nullify any need for royalty payments to any songwriter, you still have to license recordings by famous recording artists or record companies. But if you've already engaged John Williams as your composer and booked multiple recording dates with musicians, just re-record them and the film now owns these recordings. Second, there's a creative reason. You can pick out exactly what arrangements you want, play them exactly how you want them played, and probably over-record more options than spec'd out in case you need them while assembling the final cut. Lastly, John Williams, and many people might not know this, John Williams was the head of the Boston Pops at this time. After the great Arthur Fiedler passed away, he led them from 1980 to 1993. And he's actually been conducting at their annual Tanglewood Festival every summer since, up to the time of this episode. And several Boston Pops recordings exist of popular holiday songs that were conducted by John Williams. So Williams is perfect for this kind of job. Thinking about it, it would be crazy to license Christmas music when the composer of your film is the conductor of the Boston Pops. And you know, Williams was no stranger to having to record diegetic music for films. To hear more about the fun he had recording what would become an Amity Island marching band, with none other than Steven Spielberg playing the clarinet pretty badly, be sure to listen to my three-part series on John Williams, Steven Spielberg, and Jaws. But back to the plot and film score of Home Alone. Something really wonderful starts happening with Kevin's character arc. He goes from wanting his family gone, to facing multiple fears, to, at this point in the film an emotional state of longing. He starts to realize, later that night while watching The Late Show with Johnny Carson on TV, that he actually doesn't want his family gone. He's sleeping in his parents' bed, and he's holding a portrait of his family. As he does all this, we hear the family theme in this touching scene that is a turning point in Kevin's journey. Now the next scene takes us back to our discussion about song scores versus diegetic music. It's now morning, and just like he did earlier in the movie, Kevin is in front of the mirror grooming himself. As he does this, he lip-syncs to the Drifters' 1954 version of White Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know Where those tree up. listen hey. Now, what's interesting here is that Kevin can clearly hear the music as he's lip-syncing, yet the filmmakers don't treat the music like it's coming out of a little radio or something. Instead, it's full frequency, and they let it bleed into the next scene at the grocery store. This is interesting to me because it blurs the lines between diegetic and song score. It's actually functioning as both. When the music fades out, then we're in the grocery store, then we hear what is clearly diegetic music deep in the background, as we mentioned earlier. There it is. Later, after Kevin returns home, he's doing laundry in the dreaded basement but has a moment where he demonstrates his ability to overcome the fears that have been plaguing him the entire movie, including the furnace. We hear the family theme. Even home alone, Kevin seems to have a newfound strength and confidence as a member of the McAllister household. When the furnace tries to talk to him again, Kevin replies with, Shut up! Yes! But, even more danger is lurking outside. The wet bandits are back, casing the house. As they do, we hear the bandits motif again. But the bandits soon realize that they're getting scammed by a kindergartner when they see Kevin exit the house so that he can cut down a small tree in the yard to set up his own Christmas tree inside. As he does this, we hear the Star Wars-inspired Heroes theme for Kevin again. The bandits now know, or at least they think they know, what they're up against. They look inside the house, and they see Kevin. Kevin rushes to a window to overhear them say that they'll Come back about 9 o'clock. This way it's dark then. Yeah, kids are scared of the dark. You're afraid of the dark too, Marv, you know you Ah, the stage is set for Christmas Eve. I'm not. Will Kevin's mom make it back in time? Will the bandits make it inside the house? Can Kevin defend himself and the house? As just an eight-year-old boy who's home alone at Christmas? And now for a brief intermission. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. We return now to the soundtrack show. While Kevin is back at his house in Chicago, his mother Kate has done everything she can in a desperate attempt to get back. Fortunately, she's able to finally make it stateside and get a ride from Scranton to Chicago via a moving truck that contains a polka band led by none other than comedic legend and John Hughes movie regular, John Candy. As Kate drives across a snowy USA, she's subjected to a makeshift concert in the back, which sounds like this. with a little clarinet pickup on John Candy, here. This version of holiday classic Deck the Halls is nowhere to be found on any soundtrack release. I was lucky enough to have soundtrack producer Mike Mattesino weigh in on this music, and here's what he had to say. Quote, "...the polka music would have been either a pre-recording or made on location, either way without Williams involved." And I've never come across any elements or documentation for it. John Williams wasn't assigned to the movie until post-production. It was originally going to be Broughton when the project was at Warner. As I recall, the only thing done in post-production for the song was a solo sweetener fragment for John Candy. End quote. Well, that settles it. This is not something that Williams was involved in, except maybe for a clarinet pickup on the close-up of John Candy. What Matt means by a pre-recording, by the way, is that this music would have been recorded before this scene was shot, so that the actors would have something to play along to or mimic and react to as they shot the scene. This would be my guess as well as Mattesino's, as it sounds a bit too clean to my ear to be an actual recording from a movie set or even from the back of a moving truck. But back to Home Alone and Kevin in Chicago. It's now Christmas Eve. Kevin leaves the house and sets out to the center of town again, seeking out Santa Claus. As it's late, he only runs into one of Santa's helpers and asks him to deliver a message to Santa. The message? He just wants his family back. He wants to take it all back and he just wants his family back home. That's all he wants for Christmas. Kevin then starts his walk back to the house. And as he does, he passes by a happy family, warm in their house, together celebrating Christmas Eve. He just watches, alone from the street, an eight-year-old boy alone on Christmas. John Williams really delivers here. In true Williams fashion, he has been planting the musical seeds in our memory all throughout the movie in order to deliver the family theme somewhere in my memory, complete with lyrics and vocals, at this point right here. It's a moment of poignant longing. Christmas has taught Kevin how important his family is to him, and it's really driven home musically in this moment. As Kevin shuffles home, he walks past the neighborhood church that we saw previously in the movie. As he does, he hears the sound of children singing. It's William's arrangement of O Holy Night. There's a great shot of Kevin looking sorrowfully at the church, with some amount of uncertainty as he makes the decision to enter. He finds himself attending a choir rehearsal in the early evening. The church is mostly empty as we hear the choir sing other Williams arranged Christmas tunes. Now, we've spoken about this scene already. Kevin learns all about his neighbor, Old Man Marley, and they teach each other about family and about their own fears. They wish each other a Merry Christmas, and Kevin starts to leave. As he does, he hears the church bell start to ring on the hour. It rings eight times it's already 8 o'clock. We'll come back about 9 o'clock. What follows is one of the musical highlights in Home Alone, as Kevin heads home to defend his house from the burglars, our movie's big final showdown. It's a cue called Setting the Trap. We played a bit of it in the first episode. But I want to point out something interesting about how the composition fits into the cut of the movie. We hear the diegetic carol of the bells, the choir in the church that our characters are listening to, as well as us, Then, we hear the church bell ring eight times for 8 o'clock. The first bell rings, and Kevin instantly kicks into action. This cue, though, setting the trap, doesn't kick in until after the bell is heard once. It only kicks in on the second bell. Kevin, reacting to the first bell, starts to run on the second bell, and that's when the cue kicks in. Setting the trap gives us a glimpse into his state of mind, determination, danger, and a sense that he's running out of time. It really gives us that forward momentum we need to propel us into the final sequence. Now, most songs, particularly with this kind of backbeat, work in sections of eight. But this cue jumps and changes keys after seven measures of 6-8, instead of a rounded-off eight. Why? Because the composition is the same tempo as the church bell and even in the same key sounding on the minor third of our minor key setting <laughs> Which is pretty neat So one bell without music and then seven with music Let's listen There's the first bell And now the cue Two Three Four Five Six Seven Eight o'clock And now we cut to a wider shot of Kevin running past the church. As the melody switches to a regal French horn playing the Star of Bethlehem theme. Kind of a cool glimpse into how a cue is constructed and timed around an edit, especially one that operates in such a strict tempo grid with this kind of a rock backbeat. my house. I have to defend it. Speaking of rock backbeats, this is a new, pretty rockin' way of interpreting Carol of the Bells. At least it was in 1990. With these drums, it's exciting. It's kind of cool. And it wouldn't be the last popular version of Carol of the Bells set to this kind of drumming 6-8 backbeat. Five years after this film, in 1995, a rock group called the Trans-Siberian Orchestra was born because rock producers and musicians got together and recorded this song, along with a few others, and showed us once again how well Carol of the Bells will take a rockin' backbeat. to home alone. Kevin is embarking on the busiest single hour of his young life. In one hour, between 8 and 9 p.m., he manages to run home, completely fill that home with booby traps to spring on the unsuspecting burglars, and even manages to make himself a microwave mac and cheese dinner, complete with a perfectly poured glass of milk and a crystal wine glass. As he sets down to eat, he hears the clock strike nine and says to himself, This is it. Don't get scared now. The sequence that follows could be straight out of a Carl Stalling-composed Looney Tunes short. And in some moments, it really is. But though the music is carefully, meticulously timed out to the comedy, just like one of those cartoons, Williams shows restraint. Kevin begins successfully defending his parents' home, and we, the audience, joyfully watch all of Kevin's traps play out. Let's get started. As Marv and Harry try to enter through the back kitchen door, we hear the burglars theme. Hello. They're both thwarted by a BB gun and split up to try and enter both the front door and the basement door. Both fall victim to black ice created by Kevin. Williams uses quite a bit of restraint here opting for more commentary on the witless burglars, with great use of clarinets and pizzicato or plucked strings. But notice that the shots from the BB gun and the pratfalls themselves are completely without music. Only after we've had several music pratfalls does Williams choose to Mickey Mouse one of them. As you can see, Williams is performing a tonal balancing act. When Marv enters a basement, we get a tentative, spooky, haunted house version of the burglar's theme. Marv cautiously looks around. And then he gets an iron to the face. And again, Williams practices restraint. He doesn't catch it. It's sound effects only. Williams himself is playing cat and mouse with the action. This is a long sequence, and he stays out of the way, providing commentary on the action rather than scoring it. When Harry comes to after a big fall, we get a stinger chord here. He heads up the black eye stairs again and finally makes it to the front door this time. That's it, you little, you little Williams only gives a slight signal of danger as Harry touches the front door. We know that it's very hot. And in a nod to Indiana Jones, Home Alone burns Harry's palm with a monogrammed M from the doorknob, M for McAllister, as Williams plays him off. Oh. Yes! 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 We cut back to Marv, who is trying to ascend the basement stairs that are covered with tar. As he's losing his shoes and then socks to the sticky steps, we hear the burglars theme again. And here again, when Marv finally steps on a nail that we know is coming! Williams ducks out completely. He doesn't come back in until we're back outside with a frustrated Harry, who makes his way back to the kitchen door. Williams accompanies all of this with playful strings and winds. And another statement of the burglar theme. And as Harry finally gains entrance into the kitchen, Williams fades out on a high string note to give us some faux suspense and Harry gets his head burned by a booby trap again with no music maybe in a way throughout this entire sequence the music is inside the mind of Kevin Williams and the audience are team Kevin it's not scoring a zany scene with zany music it seems to somehow be smarter than that the music like our hero manages to stay one step ahead of the action as the traps play themselves out but now things start to ratchet up in tension the burglars are getting angry on the shot of marv picking up a crowbar in the basement and harry standing up from the snow with a smoky head where are you, you little creep the music picks up in determination though still keeping its comedic flavor as Harry walks barefoot through the snow around the house. But again, on the physical gags or the trap springs, the music gets out of the way. Marv falls again outside and we get no music. Harry gets covered in glue and feathers. No music. Marv enters the house barefoot and steps all over broken glass ornaments. No music, just a smart aleck pizzicato right before it happens. Ha ha. Ah! 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 I'm gonna kill that kid! As our burglars regroup, completely disheveled, and meet each other inside the house, we get the burglars theme again. Off, Harry. Why the hell'd you take your shoes off? Why the hell you dressed like a chicken? But when they fall on the micro machine cars planted at the foot of the stairs, no music. But now, as they scramble to get Kevin, and all three characters are together, the music shifts, and we see why Williams was restraining with that cat and mouse game. Because at this point, the music has become a bit of a playful chase ratcheting up yet again. Williams now decides he is weapons-free to Mickey Mouse two paint cans that come at Marv, and then... And then, via a Ducking Harry, Marv again. As Kevin runs upstairs, the zany music really kicks in. Meanwhile, Harry and Marv are in a pile on the bottom floor, and we hear the burglars theme under the pulsing winds. As we cut up to a hand dialing on a telephone, we get the family theme to let us know, before we see him, that we've cut to Kevin in this scene. 911, emergency. Oh, my house is being robbed. My address is 656 looking Boulevard. My name's Murphy. The playful music continues as the burglars make it upstairs and Williams gives us our biggest Mickey Mouse moment yet when Harry trips on a booby trap wire. Then Marv manages to catch Kevin by the pant leg. Another Mickey Mouse. As Kevin tries to escape, with Marv on the floor holding onto him, the music gets tense and Kevin spots Buzz's loose pet tarantula and he places it on Marv's face in order to escape. When he does, Actor Daniel Stern lets out one of the funniest sounding screams I've ever heard in a comedy, thanks in no small part to the generous buildup and then silence provided by Williams. Ah! 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 Kevin runs upstairs into the attic, where he has a clothesline and pulley set up to escape outside into the treehouse which is right next door, by the way, to old man Marley's property. The strings start to trill, as we're now in the attic, and we see the pulley set up on a clothesline. And this is just a little detail, but I, I love it so much. When Kevin pulls on the bar to make sure it's secure, he gives a tug and then a second little tug, just like tug, tug. Williams actually catches both of these with a flute accent. Listen here. I love that. Now, Kevin looks out the window, and his plan is revealed to us, the audience. The pulley on the clothesline leads to the safety of a treehouse way out in the yard. What follows is a great, great musical moment. As he steps onto the ledge, we hear a bell. One similar to the ones we heard during Old Man Marley's DSE array. Well, this bell leads to a statement of Star of Bethlehem, as we see the treehouse in front of Marley's property. But it's altered! It's now in a major key, and then it resolves or turns into the family theme. The symbolism here is clear and reminds us of what Kevin has learned while Home Alone. He bravely swings across, and we hear the family theme in a treatment that feels almost like a prototype for how Williams treated flying in Hook less than a year later. Kevin and the music soar through the air. He lands and the fanfare is interrupted, and the theme plays again as Kevin recovers to his feet. But the chase isn't over yet. The music continues as the burglars try and follow Kevin down the clothesline. But Kevin is always two steps ahead and cuts the line. Williams gives us a huge Mickey Mouse music sync to the action when he scores the burglars, hitting the side of the house. But the action isn't over yet. The soundtrack show will continue in a moment. We return now to the soundtrack show. Kevin is about to enter the final phase of his plan. Lure the burglars to the house next door, where the police will soon be arriving, and will see the evidence of the completely ransacked, water-soaked house catching the wet bandits in the act. As he abandons his house for the one next door, Chase music plays set to the family theme. burglars give chase, we hear the burglars theme. Then back to the family theme as Kevin makes his way into the house and through a flooded basement. with a big cord when he makes it into the house only to be cut off by the burglars. Fortunately, Marley, after their church conversation, seemingly decided that it would be a good idea to check on Kevin, and here at the end, Marley and his shovel rescue him. And cleverly, when we first see Marley, the music is ominous and dark, just as the children's imaginations at the beginning of the film would suggest. But then... Williams Mickey Mouses the two shovel hits that knock the burglars out cold. When Kevin is rescued, the family theme plays as Marley takes Kevin back to his home. The sequence is ended, the burglars have been defeated, and Kevin is safe. As the bandits are placed into the back of squad cars, we hear another classic Christmas tune, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Let's listen. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, your troubles will be out of sight. Years we all will be together if the fates allow. Hang a shining star upon the highest bough, and have yourself a merry little Christmas now. This version was recorded specifically for Home Alone by artist Mel Torme. Here's a quote from the liner notes written by Mike Mattesino for the La, La Land Records release. Quote, In addition to two original songs for the film, Williams also engaged Mel Torme to sing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Bing Crosby's recording was used in the temp track and trailer. Two versions were recorded on October 17, 1990, a short one for the film, arranged by Alexander Courage, who you would all know as the composer of the main theme for Star Trek, and a long one for the 1990 soundtrack album, arranged by Neufeld. Armin Steiner, the engineer at Fox, recalls, He came in, Mel Torme, at 9 o'clock in the morning. We did one or two takes, and he left on an airplane for a gig in San Francisco. Torme would perform the song again with Williams for a Christmas Pops concert on December 19th at which the composer would also debut music from Home Alone. Scoring Home Alone concluded on October 20th, 1990, with the final cues and Star of Bethlehem, just three weeks before nationwide previews. End quote. Another interesting note about this song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. It's thematically right on point here. Though it's not lengthy in the movie, it's such a wonderful end to this huge chase, It takes us from Kevin watching the burglars, taken away by police, set to the lyric, From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Then cuts to Kevin's fully decorated living room as he celebrates Christmas alone, set to the lyric, which is actually at the end of the song, but is condensed in the film. Through the years, we all will be together. If the fates allow, hang a shining star upon the highest bough, which is what he's doing here. There's another version. Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. But both of them work, as his decorating the house and his Santa cookies are now complete, and he sits in contemplation in the living room. In my opinion, it's no wonder that this was specifically recorded for the film, why they went out of their way to do that. It's a perfect choice here. The song was written in 1943 for the 1944 movie musical Meet Me in St. Louis, starring Judy Garland. If you haven't seen it, the plot of the movie revolves around the father of the household deciding to move the whole family from St. Louis to New York City, and the kids are not taking it well. They're separating from everything they love as Judy Garland's character sings this song to her kid sister to comfort her. Kevin in Home Alone is feeling that same separation here. He has been for a while. And the bittersweet nature of this song is just a perfect fit. Eventually, Kate makes it home to Kevin, as does the rest of the family. On Christmas morning, we see a snowy house, and the family theme takes on a kind of Christmas magic. Kevin rushes downstairs to see if his Christmas wish has come true. But he's just alone in the empty house. He opens the front door and looks outside, forlorn. But just misses the moving truck pulling up. And when Kate comes in the house, anticipatory silence. An emotional payoff is coming. Now we're hearing the music from Kate's point of view. As she looks in awe at Kevin's decorations on the mantel, we hear the family theme sneak in. What comes next is pure Williams magic. As Kevin and his mother finally find each other, Williams delivers a beautiful, rocking suspension on a major key, as uncertainty and anticipation over the reunion builds. The family theme plays tentatively through Kate's apology to her son. But upon receiving it, he smiles and the theme soars as they embrace, met with dancing holiday strings above the main melody. The theme slows as Kevin asks, Where's everybody else? Maybe they couldn't come. They wanted to so much. No, I didn't fall asleep. In the they come barging through the door like a Christmas miracle. The old chaos and noise of a busy family household comes immediately roaring back. All has been made whole again. Well, almost all. Kevin catches a glimpse through the window of some people next door. A wintry bee theme plays from somewhere in my memory. It appears the family theme now embraces the Marley family next door as well, scoring a beautiful reunion between Marley, his granddaughter, and his estranged son. A Christmas miracle indeed. Kevin and Marley catch each other's eyes. Kevin smiles and waves as the theme soars. Marley waves back in understanding and embraces his granddaughter even tighter, sets her down, and escorts the family inside for a Christmas celebration. This emotional moment is interrupted by Buzz off screen, who has clearly found the damage in his room. Kevin runs off, but the music stays the course, resolving into black and the closing credits. Williams wishes us a Merry Christmas as the credits roll. and then places us back into a recap of the Christmas comedy with the family flight theme once again. Afterwards, he settles into other themes, such as the burglar's theme, a brief hint of Star of Bethlehem, and finally the family theme, presented fully as a song. John Williams finishes strong, creating a classic holiday score with Home Alone. Thank you all for your support, for listening, and for writing emails and social media posts. I read every single one. Please leave a comment, question, or suggestion via email at soundtrackshowpodcast at gmail.com or on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Soundtrack Show HSW or on Twitter at Soundtrack HSW. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at David W. Collins. Thank you and happy holidays. The Soundtrack Show is an iHeartRadio podcast. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.